Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect episode 283. It is Sunday, February 17th as we record. I'm David Lott. Joining me for this one is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? What's up? Just the two of us again. I feel like we just did I this. I know. I know, right? So what's going on? Like I show up and then everybody else disappears. And then when I'm not here, everybody's there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like yeah, our schedules lately are working out where it's like we're not definitely not able to get like all four of us at once. There was an episode, I think, last weekend where I thought it was going to be two of us. It ended up being three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. By the way, I, I listened to last week's uh, episode, even though I wasn't on it. I I, I listened anyway, so um, it was it was funny because I I got a chance to hear everybody's thoughts of different things and, and the Lego Movie and all that. But what I was really waiting to hear is what you thought of Hamilton. So oh, yeah. I'm just curious, like, why do you hate Hamilton? Ah, uh, see, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to be clear to anyone only listening to this episode <laughs> that that is not true. I did not hate Hamilton. <laughs> uh, no. but it just was funny because uh, when I listened, it just you you had good, really good things to say about it. But then it's like it, that's just the society, I guess. The way we live is like if you say one negative thing, then it's like, oh, you hated it. <laughs> Instead of it's like, no, it's it's really good. I just there's just one or two things, but it's not nothing that's gonna you know tear it down. It's just you have your own little things that you can nitpick about, right? And I mean, in a way, I didn't even really nitpick anything about no. it. It's more. I think my comment was more of a just a comment on the expectation going into something like that. Like I was walking into it thinking, you know, because of just the acclaim surrounding this show and how long it's been around and I'm just now finally seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm walking into it thinking there is now right now where I haven't seen Hamilton and then there will be the time after I see it. Like, will I be a changed person? <laughs> like, right. You know, that's just the hype around that show and yeah no it's, i mean considering all go of that going into it that's where i i did have this slight sense of when i walked out and i, I want to be clear just a slight sense of somewhat slight slight disappointment <laughs> only because <laughs> i was just like this show is talked about like it is just a a just an unbelievable experience, you know? And I'm like, it is a great show, but it's not like, it's not life altering is what I mean, right. you know? Yeah. And when it comes down to it is, is anything really, you know, when you yeah, see no, it like and it's, that, so you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I don't know. I, I think, I think when it comes to stage productions like that, you know what? I, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm now I'm hesitating to say what I was about to say. Cause it's like, I love a good performance and that's all I need. I, and a fantastic mm-hmm. performer for fantastic piece of music. It doesn't need to be all about like insane stage production and effects and huge sets, you know, but when it comes to the way shows have been for so long, And then you're like, oh, wow, there's this musical that everyone is raving about and people are spending ridiculous amounts of money to see. But then you see it and it's not like a, 
you know, a Les Mis or a Miss Saigon or a Phantom of the Opera where it has really crazy, crazy, just insane stage production and it's huge and big. It's not that Hamilton is not that and it doesn't need to be that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a great show on its own. But I think having grown up kind of in the era of musicals where those were the big shows and then this show is so not that kind of show <laughs> like it's yeah. and i don't get me wrong i was not a, i knew it wasn't going into it it's not like i was at all expecting like man what crazy things do they do on the stage for hamilton i i knew that wasn't mm. what was happening but still i don't know i don't know what i'm saying anyway i'm gonna shut up well i think the the biggest draw and what and this is my personal opinion i i really i have not seen the show so i can't pretty much really make a, a, a legitimate um, claim to this, but I feel like the thing that made Hamilton such a big thing for most people, especially that initial wave of people that blew it up, was the fact that it's taken this form of stage and theater, but putting it into um, a perspective of today's commentary and right, right today's sort of lingo in the sense of quote-unquote like lingo in terms of hip-hop and, and rhymes and you know that kind of thing which it's it's innovative and it's a you know putting a spin on something that's been tried and true so i think that is the the thing that really kind of hooked people is just that the way of telling this story in that rhyme way and, and same in the sense of uh, for if anyone has watched and critiqued the movie uh, Blind Spotting, uh-huh. they always point to the scene when David Diggs is rapping at the with the officer and spilling out his 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 feelings and guts. And it's that thing. It's that. But to me, it's like. It, that's not anything really new because hip hop has been doing that for a while of telling stories through oh, yeah. rhyme. So it's so it, it it feels like it's one of those things where you know how like um you know how like there's always some sort of lingo or term or urban word or something that uh, seems like not a lot of people know it, and then there there's always that sort of like. Uh, that thing where they say, well, once your parents know what it is, then it's kind of like it's, it's sort of dead at that point because it's become completely crossed over in mainstream. It's kind of like that. It's like like when your parents start saying lit, then you know the word <laughs> lit is no good anymore. Right, <laughs> so right. it's like I feel like that's kind of how Hamilton is in a sense, not in, in a bad sense, but like that, that type of storytelling and that type of uh, mode of – saying things had been in the people who been listening to hip hop for years in that community. But then it just got to a point where it crossed over into a world that it hadn't previously been in. And so it became this really popular thing, but that's just sort of my take on it. No, I get what you're saying there. Definitely. But no, I enjoy, I enjoyed the show a lot. It's, it's great. I've listened to it now since I've seen it, not in its entirety yet, but I've been listening to the mm. music here and there. I woke up with it in my head the next morning, I think. So Yeah. No, it's a good show for sure. <laughs> cool. And I need to see more musicals. Like, as much as I love musicals and I've listened to a ton, I have not seen a bunch actually live on stage. 
and there's already like our here in Orlando, they just announced like the next year's kind of lineup for the season. And there's already a couple shows. I'm like, okay, yeah, I've never seen, I've never seen Les Mis actually on stage and that's coming. Um, like I've seen the movie. I definitely know the music. Um, and like my fair lady's coming. I'd be interested to see that. Anyway, I have not seen any really, honestly, really so, never. I mean, yeah, no, never, never. Um, would, ha- seen- would Hamilton, like if you saw one first, would Hamilton be the one or is there something else you like? If I could, if I saw nothing else, I'd no. see Phantom or. No, no, it's just, I think it's a matter of, mm, I don't know anyone that goes to see that kind of thing. I'm not opposed to seeing it, but I haven't like, I don't know. The opportunity hasn't presented itself. I, I would put it that way. Okay. Um, cause it's not like I'm going to go by myself. So I, although technically I guess I could, it's, it, I don't know how much different going to go see something like that would be compared to me when I go see a movie by myself, but I don't I've see never why it would be any so. different. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just, I've never sat down to try and think to do that for a, a musical or a play. I mean, I, I say, I don't see how it'd be any different, but there's definitely, you know, there's, I, there's more of, I guess, a social aspect in that everyone is getting there and kind of like hanging out and maybe getting a drink in the lobby beforehand. And then there's mm-hmm. always an intermission. So usually you're with somebody or other people that you're probably talking to during the intermission. Hey, what have you thought so far? Like, yeah. So if you were by yourself, not to say that would be a bad experience, but yeah, I guess it would, it's not it's not fair to com- to say it's just like going to a movie. It's not. I don't know. Um. So yeah, uh, I was gonna say. Oh, first, um, real quick to anyone who listens to our other show, Spoiler Effect. I uh, just want to say yes. There, we we indeed missed a show this week. There was no show this week because unfortunately, I actually have not seen anything basically at all this week in the movie theater. My schedule was kind of crazy and just, it did not work out. Um, so, uh, no spoiler effect this week. It will be in the back next week though. So look for that. Um, and yeah, we've got some stuff to talk about. Definitely news wise too. There's a couple things I want to discuss. We haven't had a chance to discuss the news about the Oscars. Um, we've got that Aladdin trailer. that I am very, very uh, interested in talking about, I'm sure, some other things. Uh, but normally, we like to start, start off with uh, stuff we've been watching, which, as I've said, I really haven't seen much of anything. Uh, Bobby, I know you've seen a couple movies, though. So what, what have you been up to? Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess I thought maybe you hadn't watched anything in the theater, but I was thinking maybe you had seen something at home. But um, if not, then, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and spill my, my um, list of things things that I've seen. Let me start off first with uh, this TV miniseries that I watch that's on Showtime called Escape at Dannemora. Have you heard of it? Yeah, that's the one that uh, Ben Stiller um, directed, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like seven episodes and it has Benicio Del Toro in it, Paul Dano and Patricia Arquette. And Patricia Arquette plays like a, a worker at a at, at the prison, and uh, Paul Dano and Benicio del Toro are prisoners there that she gets romantically involved with, and ends up helping them try to escape out of prison. And it's it's such a good miniseries. I I was hooked 
right from the beginning. Um, for one, Patricia Arquette undergoes this physical transformation to where she definitely doesn't look like her normal self. Kind of that whole Charlize Theron and, and monster kind of thing going on, but not quite that bad, but just just different. But she she also has this accent that she's doing for the the region in which uh, the 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 series takes place, which is like in upstate New York, and so um, she's really good in it. Uh, Benicio del Toro is Benicio. I mean, he always is has such a menacing look about him. he has this look where he's one of those guys where I think if I were to meet him in real life. I'd be very um, nervous around him just because he has this way of looking like he like he looks through you or just into the depths of your soul. The way he has this sort of he'll kind of tuck his head down a little bit and his eyes are still sort of looking at you like how a teacher would look at you over her glasses kind of look. But the way he sees it is just or the, the eyes, they almost look dead. Because the way he looks sometimes, but it's just intimidating and scary. And so he's still um, just really good in this. But the person who surprised me the most, I think, is Paul Dano. And I'm so used to him in, in any roles I've ever really seen him in. He's always such a timid type of person or just very um, nervous or something. But in this, he... He has an edge to him that I've never seen him play before, and I thought he was really, really good in it. And um, the story itself is based on a true story, so uh, I guess if anyone wanted to look and see how this whole thing turned out, it, you could do that. But I didn't. I didn't know that it was based on a true story, and I didn't know the outcome. So, Oh, you hadn't heard was, this whole story, huh? No. Oh, okay. No. So I was riveted. I was, like, all into it. So it was it was it was just really, really good. Like I said, it's seven episodes and oh uh, yeah, I just watched an episode a night and went through it like that, but it was it was excellent. I would definitely um suggest it to anyone that has showtime to watch it. Yeah, I mean I remember when it first kind of was announced or I think a first trailer or whatever came out for it. I, I immediately like was like, Oh yeah, I remember that whole like thing playing out it felt so recent i'm like wow there's already kind of a mini series on this i feel like this just happened I, I don't remember how long it actually how long ago it actually was but anyway yeah it wasn't it wasn't i don't think it was all that long ago it was like maybe within the last i hmm, i'm guessing because i'm just remembering some of the music that was in the in the in the series and it was all uh, within like I want to say last five years so it's it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago that this happened so it may have been like 2013 or 2012 somewhere around there so it's fairly recent but um yeah so the other series I watched or at least started watching haven't finished it is a Netflix series called Russian Doll which is with uh Natasha Leone and I always remember her I think maybe it was the first thing I ever saw her in, but I always uh, remember her as being in the the girl that was in American Pie. Yeah, and I know she's probably more known these days for uh, Orange Is the New Black, but that's always where I remember seeing her first. And she plays the lead character in this, and the the essential aspect of it or the hook of this series is that she's 
in a Groundhog's Day situation where she dies and she keeps coming back. And so obviously that whole setup, you kind of get the gist of where that is. And what makes you kind of tune in for this is Natasha Leone's performance as this New Yorker who's kind of like mm, kind of a, a smart ass and just kind of thinks she has everything under control. But really, she's coming unwound as she's reliving her day over and over again. And it's interesting in that um, it's 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 a real quick show to binge. If I didn't have so much on my plate, I probably would have finished it by now because it's, it's only uh, – I want to say it was like eight episodes and it's um, – half an hour episodes. So it's not really a long binge. If anyone tried to watch it, they could probably watch it in a, in a night or so. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good so far. I've, I think I'm on episode four. So I'm like around, right around the halfway point. And if you like that kind of style, it's almost like, it's almost as if that Groundhog's Day premise is starting to become a, a genre because I'm starting to see different things play with that premise in different other types of genres. So it's kind of like it's becoming a thing in and of itself. So um, this one is is pretty good so far. So I would suggest it for anyone who has Netflix to check it out as well. Cool. Yeah, no, I've heard good things about that. I've been curious about it. Yeah, um, like I said, pretty easy binge, eight, eight episodes, half an hour. So, and I know sometimes you, I know it's, if, if it wasn't you, it was definitely Yasha, but uh, mentioned the fact that sometimes when you can just have a half an hour show, it makes it a little bit easier to watch something instead of trying to burn through an hour episode of 13 episodes or 22 episodes. Those half an hour ones are a little bit more easy to digest. Right. Um, Another Netflix series I actually got a chance to start watching, and but yet has I haven't finished it just because of the length of series, and it just came out on Friday, is The Umbrella Academy. You, you familiar with this one? Have you heard of it at all? I've heard of it. I've okay. seen a like promotional, single promotional image, and that is about it. Otherwise, I know basically nothing. Yeah, so I didn't know much of it either other than I knew it was based off of a, a comic, and um, I hadn't read the comic. So it's uh, by Gerard Way, who's of what My Chemical Romance, I think. And oh, okay. He, yeah, he he's a comic book writer as well. Uh, he has been for a, a, some time now, but this is one of his books, and um, it's about this group of people. I will say because there's um, guys and girls in the group that they were all born on the same day and um, they don't know why there's, there's sort of nebulous in terms of how that happened. But um, a guy comes along and adopts all of these kids. And there was like, I want to say there were seven of them, but that he adopted, but I, I believe there was nine of them and he was only able to adopt seven. And, um, he, one of them, they all have their own sort of abilities. And one of them has the ability to kind of do like Nightcrawler where he can warp or um, sort of uh, displace himself into different 
areas and this is an adult sort of show so when he's doing these things he's actually there's some scenes where he's fighting against bad guys and he's using that ability to maximum effect where he's like killing people and having other people uh you know as he's standing there one minute he's not and so you can see the havoc it would cause if people Mm. are shooting and so right it it gets pretty yeah it gets pretty lethal and um the so he ends up going uh into the future and then one day he, he comes back when the uh, the the adopted father dies that and everyone's kind of gotten back together because through their own i know i guess quirks and idiosyncrasies they don't quite get along and and there was something that kind of broke them all apart but on this day that their adopted father died, they kind of get back together. And that's when the the other young kid who can, uh, I guess, I can't, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. But when he's sort of jumping in and out of different places, he um, he comes back from the future and, and tells everyone that the, the world is going to end in eight days. And um, he kind of, the story unfolds from there. But... Uh, this is definitely different. It, it, it's not the same sort of superhero show because even though there's powers, it's kind of like an X-Men mixed with, um, I don't know, I can't even think of a secondary thing to kind of combine it with because it's it's like an evol- evol- um, elevated version of X-Men in a way Okay. to where it, there's more kind of doing going on with there and there's these personality clashes and they all have their own distinct personalities but so far it's been pretty good Uh, i have actually liked it more than i thought i would because on that first day i end up watching man like five or six episodes i was i started at like six or seven at night and i didn't go to bed till like two in the morning so (laughs) i must have been for me to do that pretty good because i don't typically you know usually at least these days i'll watch you know a few episodes and then i'll maybe wake up the next day and watch a few more kind of thing but this one i didn't really want to turn it off because i was really involved in the story and trying to figure out where things were going and and how this kind of came to be so i was really liking it so far it's, it's good um what else did i watch Happy Death Day to you. Now, did you watch the first one? No, I did not. I've not seen it. So that first one was when it came out, it was a couple years ago, I guess. It was sort of an unexpected thing where people, I remember seeing reviews for it and people were saying it was better than they expected. And um, I went to go watch it. And sure enough, it's one of those movies where you kind of, uh, come out of it like, wow, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. And the premise of it is uh, sort of reminiscent of what I was just saying about Russian Doll. It's about right. this Groundhog girl Day kind of thing. Yeah, Groundhog Day. She repeats the day over and over until she figures out who kills her. And, and the aspect of that story and, and the, the lead uh, actress in that, Jessica Roth, I, I have not, I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but other than this movie and now the sequel and she's i i i think i would like to see her in more stuff because she seems very personable like as a character in this uh series and she just um 
I don't know. There's something about her. She seemed like she can play a lot of different types and has range. And there's something weird about this series because the first one, it was, it was more horror, but had a decent amount of comedy in it. And this one is played more for the comedy aspects than the horror. Cause I guess, because you're kind of used to the, the, um, the gimmick of it per se. And so it, it, in this sense, it kind of does its own thing where you're more into the, the mystery because what happens in this sequel is at the end of the first one, uh, the events happen as they do. And so she's back on a regular cycle, but then something happens in this one, which helps to explain why all the stuff happened in the first one because in the first one you just kind of go along with okay she's repeating this day you don't know why and this really gets at the the heart of why and it and it also throws a few more uh wrinkles into it and uh some more surprises and it's really like i said between this first one and the second one it's really heartfelt and and has this really clever aspect into which they go about having to relive the day because that I am I can only imagine how tricky that must be as a writer when you're trying to um rewrite or not re- you you write one scenario and then you have to undo it and then kind of tweak it a little bit to have a different ending to that next one but kind of keep on doing that so it, it must be incredibly difficult to write it that way but the way they they pull it off is is just fun and I think so far uh it's just been like the first one was good, and I think this one is just as good. I I wouldn't oh, I don't know if I'd say if it's better, but it's just as good for sure. And I would definitely say that the ending leaves it open for another film. So, and based on the fact that these movies usually get made for about five or ten million, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that we'll see that third film. Yeah. Oh, I. It's funny because I never saw the first one. And I guess, I, I mean, I'm sure I saw a trailer for the first one, but I was kind of like, I don't know. I just don't remember it at all. Like, I don't remember. Really? I didn't even know what the premise of the first one was. And then I I have seen the trailer for the sequel a couple times. And I remember the first time I saw that trailer thinking, ah, that, I'd watch this. Like, this seems better looking than I would have expected, <laughs> which kind of goes along with kind of your what you say about how people or how you reacted to it, like how it's better than you expected. Yeah, yeah totally. And um, one of the writers on it, and I didn't notice this. I don't know if he wrote on the first one, but I was sitting there and the credits come up and then it was like one of the writers was Scott Liddell. And I recognized the name, but I didn't remember specifically what he worked on. Cause I knew he was a comic book writer. And then I, I looked it up on my phone. I was, and I saw that he used to write for X-Men back in the 90s. And I was like, ah, okay. So that was what sort of made me like, oh, that's interesting because oh, okay. he's writing, you know, the, the movie for or the script at least for this. So it, it he has that kind of background and, ter- and sort of telling those kind of stories. So I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because um, as I'm looking at it now, he did write for the first one as well. So uh, yeah, I think it should make for a pretty good trilogy once the, uh, cause they, they kind of 
put a tag at the end. So if anyone does go see the movie, uh, make sure you stay. Um, there's a sort of mid credit stinger that happens that sets up the, the third movie. Right. But yeah, it was good stuff. And uh, the last thing that I watched, had a chance to watch, was Alita Battle Angel, which, oh boy. So with <laughs> okay. with Alita Battle Angel, um, I remember seeing that preview when it when they first showed it, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is not <laughs> going to turn out well," because the it, it's based on a um, a manga series, I think it is, right? and it's not something I had ever read, but I knew of it by name, but. Um, I knew that the character had like these sort of big eyes, but when you see it in the trailer, it's off-putting and it just has this sort of weird look about it when you see a close-up of her and her eyes are that big and she's speaking because you just, you know, it's not really a real person. But um, I was just like, okay. And then it was supposed to initially come out like in December. So they had at some point decided to move it into uh, February. And there was at some point in time, a second trailer that came out that once I saw the second trailer for whatever reason, I thought it looked a lot better than the first one. And I think part of the reason why I didn't like that first one is I don't, I don't think I really cared for the music that they put with the the trailer. It just, I don't know. It didn't do it for me. It just, it just seemed weird. And so, um, that second trailer, I don't think had the music, or if it did, I, I must have been used to it or something by that point, because it it grabbed me in a different sort of way, and I was like, okay, now I'm kind of interested in this movie and looking a little bit forward to it. So fast forward to uh, today, actually, I got a chance to watch it, and I gotta say, I I I'm I'm all in on this on this uh, lead of Battle Angel. Um, there's there's like a lot of good action to this movie where the character Alita she she's the cyborg that in in this future world I think it takes place in like the year 2563 or something around that time frame and uh people who live on on the ground are kind of like low level people and then there's this uh, ship kind of thing that's in the in upper area of the sky and everyone who's on the ground kind of wants to be there but no one really knows what's up there i guess it's run by sort of the higher elite type people but uh, the only other ways you can get there is you can kind of buy your way or um there's a game that they play that's like a a battle ball kind of thing where uh, if you become the champion and then you can kind of get put to that place, that's that, that elevated city. And um, through the course of this movie, uh, Alita's trying to rediscover who she was before she uh, became into the care of Christoph Waltz, who plays like this doctor who helps put, put her together. And she's she's an interesting character in that Initially, when I was watching it, I had the same concerns as I was watching it with her eyes and, and the look and the way she sounds. But the actress that plays her 
Rosa Salazar, she her her voice, and then some of the certain times with the character, they're able to be in such the, in such a great sync to where you you it that sort of fades away, and you really get into it. I I have to say, even after watching the whole thing, I still had a little bit of um, I don't know what the word is, but kind of just an uneasiness about the way she looked at certain times. But I'd say a good 85% of the time I was pretty on board with the, the way she looked and, and how, it, how the anim, how they animated her and the uh, action in it was, I think what really sold it for me. There's a lot of really cool battle type scenes. Um, one time is when Alita is fighting in a bar that I thought was cool. And then another one towards the end where she's in this battle ball arena. And um, the other people that are, that are around her, mm, I'd say they did fine. Like for the, the roles that they were in sort of like Jennifer Conley, you know, she has a minimal role and so does uh, Mahershala Ali. But I thought um, for what they were given, they were, they were, they did pretty well. And I just thought, the story, I think, is what helped help pull me into this whole world because whatever Alita was going through and not knowing, I found myself caring about uh, how she was starting to grow and how she was discovering herself and the the story as it as it went through her trying to kind of get her memories back. And it left me in a place where I was like, man, I really want to see a sequel and I hope that it does well enough to do so. But judging by the box office, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, just funny. I haven't seen the box office yet. So I was kind of curious to know if it was going to do well. I mean, this was a movie that, uh, I, I intended on seeing this weekend mainly just because I was curious, like, based purely on trailers and such, I, I didn't have a big draw to see this movie, but and I, I don't I'd know. Be I, I feel like to hear what you think. I feel like we've heard kind of mixed reaction. Like I remember early buzz was like, Oh wow. People are really liking it. And then there's been kind of like a little back and forth. I feel like when it comes to kind of the reaction out there on the internet and such, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm yeah, curious. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's uh, a perfect movie, but I absolutely, I, I feel, I really feel like I left the theater thinking that I wanted to see more of this story just because of how it leaves things and how it starts to ramp up. And, and I, I enjoyed more than I think that I disliked and, and what I disliked were, I mean, I guess maybe legitimate concerns. Like I, I didn't really buy the, the love story aspect that was going on for most yeah. of the movie. And there's some dialogue that I thought was a little, mm, I don't know, a little off. But again, just the action and, and just the story elements of this bigger world and, and the world building that goes on within the movie, I just thought made me want to see more of this story being told. Right. No, it's funny. The recently my son and he had watched this in the past but he watched it again recently he asked he's like oh, i want to watch astro boy hmm. and um and i threw it on again 
And I, I, as soon as I turned it on, because I had seen it before with him. And I mean, for those that don't know that, I mean, the, the film animated version of this came out in like 2009, I think. Um, I, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is basically like, it seems like the premise of Lolita. <laughs> like, mm. you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Astro Boy or that movie anyway. But I know of Astro Boy, but I don't know his story. I, I know it's based on a, on a manga, or at least the movie is loosely based on it. But mm. I, so I don't know how the manga plays out, but at least in the movie, basically it's sometime in the future. And because of the environment, like people with money have basically have erected this floating city that's kind of out of all the pollution. And, you know, long story short, this robot Astro Boy or whatever ends up down on the ground where all the, you know, poor people hmm. live. <laughs> and Interesting. and okay. he, he ends up with this group who, you know, in this situation, they don't know he's a robot and he's kind of having to hide that he's a robot. But uh, he ends up with this group and this one adult played by Nathan Lane, I believe, uh, who actually runs like I think a robot like fighting ring like he the robots that end up down on the ground from this floating city he repairs them and they fight each other and stuff and I don't know the basic premise at least having not seen Alita but from what I know of the trailers I'm like this seems very similar (laughs) but yeah I don't know it's just funny and that movie came out a while ago and I don't I know apparently Alita is also based on at least a, a manga series or something like that but no, I mean, a lot of what you said rings true for what I saw in Alita. But, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, hmm, that's not an uncommon thing to have happen where yeah. stories that are similar in their nature kind of cross over to other things and use elements of that same thing to make something kind of different. But Yeah, and I, I think the first time I had seen a trailer for Alita – I think there was a part of me that's like I couldn't pinpoint or remember Astro Boy, but I remember watching the Alita trailer going, there's something about this that seems familiar to me. And then when, yeah, when he asked to rewatch it and I threw it on, I was like, oh, this is it. Mm. <laughs> this is where I remember Alita from. <laughs> anyway. That's funny. So um, do you think you'll still go see it? I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm still curious. And the funny thing is, is I did actually have a ticket to see this at some point. You know, I have AMC A-list and... But I couldn't make it. I had to cancel the ticket. But it, it was in Dolby and it was in 3D. And because that's, I guess, okay. what was available. And I'm thinking I was going to see it. I'm like, man, I don't remember the last time I saw a 3D movie in the theater. It's really I've kind of drifted mm-hmm. away from doing that. Like, you know, did you see it yeah. 3D or 2D? So initially I was going to watch it 2D in a regular theater and then. I shifted times because at the theater that I was going to see it at, they had it in the Dolby 3D, like you just mentioned. But then when I shifted the time to which I was going to see it, I saw it at a different theater that just had it in regular Dolby. So that's how I saw it okay. without the 3D oh, okay. but in Dolby. Now I'm curious. Like part of me was like, well, you know, considering, you know, what James Cameron's involvement and the production value right. of this, I'm like, maybe this will be worthy seeing of 3D. Like, okay, I'll do it. But yeah, I ended up not being able to go and I haven't seen it yet. But um, I will say real quick, you know, I know I really haven't watched anything new and this isn't new. But, you know, so this week um, 
Ralph Breaks the Internet is now available on digital. So, of course, my kids who had seen it in the theater with me, they want to watch it. So I ended up buying the digital copy of it. And they've already watched mm-hmm. it a couple times <laughs> since then. And, yeah, I will say uh, even just rewatching it, I think I even I, I wasn't big on it when we talked about it when it was in theaters. I definitely did not like it as much as the first one. Um, I think I like it even less the more I see it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, wow. That that final act of that movie, it just, I don't know, it doesn't kind of work for me. And there is stuff mm-hmm. in it that's just kind of like, kind of oddly dark, I think, for a Disney film. Like the whole dark internet section, like with mm-hmm. that weird character you meet with the growth and I don't know. It's there's things about that movie I find <laughs> odd as a Disney movie, and just yeah, that whole final. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but I don't know. I, I like it less and less. But then you know you get the thing you get in the mid credit scene, and I'm like, oh, see, this is nice. <laughs> like, yeah, I love that little <laughs> bit. But anyway, I don't know. Anyway, I was just going to say, yeah, the more and more I see it, the more I'm like, oh, God, this is a disappointment. But you liked it a lot, didn't you? Or I definitely liked it. I. I... I think it, for me, since I had never seen the first one, I think that's where a lot of it came from is that I knew of the character and had seen snippets of the first movie, but not enough to compare it against it. And so I, I guess I wasn't as familiar with what that tone should be for Wreck-It Ralph, but it worked on the level that it was presented to me when I saw it the first time. And But I, I definitely get the the aspects that were the things that people kind of could see were like that, like you mentioned the dark web where that just didn't quite feel right for a Disney film. Um, but you know, I think so many other scenes that they were going for worked really well, like the Disney princesses and stuff like that. Right. And for me, it was like seeing some of the other little, um, little cameos like yeah yeah. like the star wars stuff and the marvel stuff yeah Yeah. so i think a lot of that stuff worked for me and um just the that's the story aspect too of what they were that underlining kind of moral tale or or the, the aspect of you know being friends but your friend kind of wants to do something and different than what you want you want to kind of continue doing the same things but yeah i mean i i I think some of that stuff i I liked and respected that they were trying to go for it and tell that different kind of story and with me not knowing how it's supposed to be in a sense of a wreck it ralph film i think that's why i kind of really liked it gotcha all right well um yeah while we still have some time we've got a a couple of things that happened this week I'm, I'm curious to talk about. First, I want to go ahead and bring up. Uh, so it's funny. I, I was I actually ended up watching a little bit of the Grammys last weekend, but not much. I'm not a big Grammys watcher. Um, so the Grammys happened, and I guess I missed this during the broadcast since I didn't watch all of it. But the next morning I get up and, you know, I start scrolling through Twitter and like every other tweet is Aladdin. Aladdin <laughs> Aladdin <laughs> and I'm like oh my god like I guess I need to watch this trailer like and but I can already see what's happening because all the posts are about Will Smith actually as the genie and I'm like oh god what what is what has happened and I finally watch it and uh yeah I gotta say man 
I don't know what they're doing with this movie or what they've done. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> talking about just Will Smith as the genie in particular, just in general, like, and this is just kind of a TV spot length, you know, trailer teaser, whatever you want to call it. But I am not feeling this. Like I, I've been kind of weird, not, not weird, but I guess, you know, ho-hum on the whole, like Disney's going to remake every animated property into live action thing. I'm fine with it. For mm-hmm. the most part, the ones I've seen have been good. But Aladdin, I've been kind of curious about because I love Aladdin. But then watching this this trailer, I it doesn't. I don't. I have a really bad feeling about this. Like, mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple shots, there's a shot, the wide shot of the parade, and there's something about that shot. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. That's that looks well done. But then like Jafar, like you only get a quick look at Jafar in this trailer, and. And I'm like, he doesn't look old enough. Like, he just doesn't look right. I don't know. I am not feeling that, first of all. And then, yeah, then Will Smith pops up as the genie. And first, I'm confused because I'm like, wait a second. Didn't we get the whole, like, Entertainment Weekly spread and he just looks normal? He's not blue, but now he's blue. So, okay. And then, yeah, like, just his look... It just has this slightly animated, like you can tell it's obviously there's an effect going on here. Kind of look about it that I'm like, no, no, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not at all feeling this like this, this. I see why everyone is reacting the way they're reacting online to this. Cause I, I'm right there with everybody. I'm not, I'm not digging it. Like right, right, everything I'm seeing from this TV spot, this is not this is not good. <laughs> like this, this uh, seems to me that it could easily be the worst kind of live action remake they've done so far. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you <laughs> thought of it. Cause it, I think it looks really bad. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I agree with you, with you for the most part. I, I think the, where I come in a little bit different than you is that, uh, Aladdin is one of those movies I have not seen. That's from start right. to finish, okay. I've seen parts of it, so I don't, again, have that frame of reference of what should things should look like and, and kind of feel like if it was translated. So um, I, I think a lot of the things that didn't work for you when they're showing the city or uh, Jafar, those things, I don't, I, it didn't bother me in that way just because I don't know better, I guess you might say. But uh, the one thing that's undeniable, regardless of if you are a fan of the original one or haven't seen it at all, and I've seen enough to know who the genie is and what he looks like in Robin Williams' performance as him. But all of that aside, just the the choices that are being made here as far as the look of Will Smith as the genie are, are really baffling just because they seem to have not done a good job in trying to convey the message of, of how they wanted uh, Will Smith to be as this genie. Because like you said, when we first see him in the entertainment weekly spread, it's just uh, Will Smith as a genie, but not blue. And so that's confusing. That's confusing message that you're putting out there. Cause then it's like, well, wait, why is he not blue? If that's, you guys are kind of doing an adaptation of your own movie. Why wouldn't he be blue? 
So then, you know, there's shortly within that same day, I think there was reports saying, no, no, he'll be blue. It's just it's going to be you'll see it once you see the trailer or whatever. And as you as you mentioned, when you see the trailer, it's immediately off putting because it is, man. It's it's the animation that's it doesn't look like it's I'm hoping it's just that they're not finished yet with it Uh, and that it will look better. But for me. Even if that looks better, I still was hoping, thinking, and I don't know, this is my bad, I guess, but I guess I was hoping that he would still, it'd be Will Smith, but not just sounding like Will Smith. I I guess I Mm -hmm. was thinking he'd have some sort of accent or, I don't know, do something slightly different with it, but it just sounded like Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. (laughs) And so I was kind of like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Um uh, you know, I just, I, I, on paper, I feel like I, I was on board with Will Smith being the genie because, uh, Will can be very funny and he has his own sense of, of his humor and it, and it works a lot of the time. And I could see that being a nice counter to what you got from what Robin Williams, but I didn't just think he would just straight up just be will smith and and that's what it feels like we're getting and i don't understand that as a choice because um yeah i don't mind will smith in the sense that it can be him as the genie his face um i like the will smith isms in the sense of how his mannerisms are his cadence and the way he speaks in that style of the way he is. But I was still kind of thinking it would be in some sort of dramatic flair of a a genie in a way that a genie would talk it, I guess. And it's not that. And the, the, the animation, like I said, whether it gets fully realized or not, it still feels like it's, um, not quite the genie that I had in my my mind for him to play. So, yeah, and and that's just me as a person who hasn't had the the years and years long of um, dedication to the the original version, Disney version, and wanting to see a, a, a live action version of it. So, I can only imagine how how bad it is for them to see this because I don't know that I've seen anyone out there really uh, defending the look and and the way that this uh, is starting to turn out. Yeah, I haven't yet. I mean, definitely everything I was seeing on Twitter was highly negative, like highly like, oh, wow. Like there was the time before I saw this and the time after I saw it (laughs) (laughs) kind of reaction, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it wasn't good. And I mean, it's funny because just the still images I was seeing on Twitter, I was like, oh, okay, he's blue. That's I wasn't expecting that, but okay. But it, it looked fine. I don't know. It was just like, okay, he's blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I watched it in action and I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is weird. There's <laughs> something yeah. odd looking about this. And like you said, kind of off-putting. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, he just he's Will Smith. He's not like a character. He's just him. And I'm like, oh, this what? And I have no no problems with Will Smith. He's fine. It's just not. I don't know. It doesn't seem right. So it doesn't. And 
I don't know what they can do at this point. It, it's 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 a very weird thing for Disney and for them to be in this place because I've never seen a movie um, have so much negativity before it's even kind of released. And not just negativity, but I can't tell you how many, and I'm sure you've seen it, but there are so many memes and gifs of uh, Will Smith's genie. I saw him uh, one uh, one day. Uh, there was one of him uh, on on the Sonic the Hedgehog poster because of um, the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's coming out. There's this the, that poster that they have of him. Yeah, and they they show Will Smith's genie kind of superimposed on the on the Sonic the Hedgehog thing. There's the uh, the 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 Arrested Development comparison between um, the character and and Will Smith's genie. Uh, there's just like all these different things. There's the 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 reaction shots to everyone saying, you know, how I felt like when I first saw blah blah blah, and then it's like showing um, Aladdin's uh, facial expression when he sees the genie for the first time and it's this hor- horrified look it's just like it's become a a, a joke uh and yeah. so that's hard i don't know how you come back from that when you still probably have at least another full trailer to show because they really didn't still show much within the trailer that we got but um how do you come how do you come back from it like do they have to uh work harder and, and show something that looks more finished as far as the, the look of the genie. And then does Will Smith have to go in and ADR lines, the sound? I don't know. Like right. what, what can you do when I, I really don't know that this is, I feel like they're in trouble on this one. Yeah. It seems like how far off are we from, from the, even the release? When is this coming out? Do you know? I don't know. Let me look real quick. Cause I, I feel like it's supposed to be a, a summer thing because that sounds I don't right. Know. As I'm looking to, uh, it's yeah, it's May, okay. May 24th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's coming up. <laughs> I didn't think it was oh, that boy. soon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, because yeah, considering it's that soon, I almost feel like you need to get another trailer or something out soon that looks a lot better, like go ahead and kind of like okay everybody no this actually looks this is this is what we're putting out this is good you know what i mean like yeah because i was gonna say, i, I was thinking it was farther can. off and then i'm like well how long are you gonna wait and you know you don't want to put out a bigger full-length trailer too soon but it actually may yeah yeah because you really haven't put out oh, a few full-length trailer yet it's just been teasers we've had a teaser on no, a tv spot exactly. that's it yeah totally and so that's what I'm saying. They still got to put out a full one. So, yeah. Uh, that full what one can needs, you do in that time? That full one needs to be solid. <laughs> it needs to be good. People are going to just be like, oh, wow, this looks terrible. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I know you haven't seen the original, but there's something about Jafar. I don't, it's not that he needs to look a certain way, but that character to me is an older, like, soul. If you will, not old, like not an elderly person, but just an older soul, an older person. And when I see the mm-hmm. shot of Jafar in this, he looked relatively young to me. It's a quick shot, but I was like, that doesn't seem like Jafar to me. But I'm basing that off a quick shot in the teaser. I, I completely accept that. But still, I was I wasn't feeling that either. 
And then real quick, cause I mean, we are, we're starting to run out of time and I want to talk about the Oscars too, but, uh, Real quick, uh, I, I think it was also during the Grammys we got another teaser for or another like TV spot for Dumbo, right? It was recently, um, and I want to say that first aired during the Grammys. Um, I don't know if it was during the Grammys or not, but um, I actually didn't watch that last spot just because I don't know. It seems like there's been a decent amount of them. Honestly, it feels like uh, so. I didn't really feel the need to watch an additional one at this point i'm just like okay the movie's coming out i'm fully aware and the seen enough trailers for it so i'm just gonna watch it um was there something unique or different about well it? i was just bringing it up because i will say that's not doing anything for me either like at okay. least based off this late, latest tv spot slash trailer like I mean, the first teaser we got, I was like, okay, this could be cool. Like, this looks interesting. It's Tim Burton. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've had, I've, I grew up lo- loving Tim Burton and now I've had very mixed feelings about him in more recent years, but, uh, okay. But then, yeah, this TV spot, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking for one, the look of it. it it's the look of it is the things I don't like about Tim Burton anymore. It has this kind of, mm-hmm. his backgrounds have this kind of like fake look about them that I'm like, Oh yeah. no, like, <laughs> I don't like the way this looks and, and just the teaser in general. And like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. I, I will say I, I was interested and now I'm kind of, eh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> mm. So mm. I think Disney was shame. 0 for 2 during the, the Grammys with their, their new TV spots. Not, not working for me. Oh yeah. That's too bad. Cause, um, they're obviously in, pretty heavily in doing these uh, live action versions of their animated shorts yeah. so, or films. So right. yeah, if they're, if they're, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're just a, in the silent minority, but if, if it turns out that you're not, then I don't know what that will mean for these future projects they have coming out. If they'll maybe, maybe they're not, keeping a close enough eye on it or I don't know what it is or maybe the people that they're hiring as directors for these they're letting them kind of do too much on their own and and put their own spin on things that maybe they need someone that they can kind of have more I don't want to say control but just because I'm sure they they can do whatever they want to do but just to have a sort of a a sense of a cohesiveness between the way the the movies are kind of going. I don't know. I don't know what, what, what it is, but like, it's definitely not ran in the same way that the Marvel films are in the sense that they don't all necessarily look the same and they don't all have, uh, that sort of unified, um, kind of idea to them. But there is still sort of a playbook in which they go by when they make them, if that makes sense. Right. And and I don't know that that's the case for these live action films. Yeah. Um, okay. So really quick, since we don't have much time, but uh, so the Oscars had some big news this week with the fact that uh, you know that they're they're wanting to kind of keep the the time you know really down to i guess what is it three hours yeah and they're doing whatever they can to make that happen they've recently now made it official that there's not going to be a host 
And they had been, we had heard this already. And now this week, they also made this official and announced that indeed there's going to be four categories that aren't going to be shown live during the actual broadcast, but instead those will be given out during the commercial breaks, but then they will re they will show them during the broadcast, but they'll be kind of slightly edited. For instance, they, they won't, you won't be seeing like the winner walking up to stage, you know, and, and they might cut a little more just to, for time. But basically, there's going to be four categories that aren't going to show live. And I remember when first hearing that, and we didn't know what the categories were. I was just like, oh, it's probably going to be like, you know, maybe short, you know, live action and, you know, animated short and probably the sound categories. And uh, when they announced what they were, I was shocked. I think a lot of people were, you know, to see that cinematography and film editing were two of the categories included. Also hair and makeup. And then I think it was what live action short, right? Yep. Um, so I got one right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's been a lot of negative reaction about it, and I was really surprised to see that cinematography and editing were on that list. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. At the same time, it's like the Academy has kind of come back to really kind of explain like how this has played out. It sounds like. You know, you basically have kind of group organizations that represent these different parts of the industry, you know, say the writers, the editors or the cinematographers. And it, they're they're saying that, indeed, like these groups have volunteered to have their categories this year, have their awards, you know, given out this way. And I guess they were all shown kind of a a kind of sample of what it will look like during the broadcast. And they're really claiming it's not going to be like, you know, done in a way that treats them like second class categories. And, you know, they are really having to make an effort like in this new era of short term kind of attention spans to really like try to make, you know, the Academy Awards, I guess, relevant and not too long, even though I know I'm the kind of person who doesn't care how long it is. A lot of people do, and mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I guess I see what they're doing. And it and indeed sounds like this isn't, it's not like every year it's going to be these four categories. Like if they continue to do this, it sounds like this is going to rotate to other mm -hmm. categories. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it feels like there's been a lot of backlash, and I, I definitely don't like it in general. But at the same time, it doesn't sound like it's going to be as bad as some people are making it out to be. Like it's not as negative. Like, it's not like the Academy really is just hating on cinematographers and film editors. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, I thought you were going to go further with that story. Uh, how so? Well, the last I read, which was, I guess, maybe Friday oh. or possibly Saturday, they <laughs> took it all back and said, nope, everything where it just as is. No, no cuts. No, nothing. No just shit. Everything is a normal that. show again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i thought you were going with no i had no like, idea they're so like, they're so wishy-washy like they have no backbone in in the sense that every time someone or every time the the, the complaints are loud enough they say no 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 we're not going to do that anymore. Oh we walk God. it back so <laughs> yeah they walk that back they're, they're not doing that. i mean i'm not surprised but you're right like no like i mean i will say when they came back with their deep explanation of like hey look mm -hmm. this is how this this is how we got to this point i was like you know what i accept that like like i get it you know i'm not 
one of the people they're having to play to because shit, the, the broadcast could be five hours and I would watch mm-hmm. it. I don't care. But I get that, you know, you, you want to be relevant and you know, you want to get ratings. Otherwise, where is it going to end up one day? It's going to end up on, you know, some second rate channel and no one's going to care about it. Like I get it, you know, you got to do yeah. what you got to do. And, and the way it sounded like they were handling it, I'm like, you know, they're still showing the award. Okay. Like, fine and then you had it now to hear that indeed they've just gone oh no <laughs> we lied we're just gonna show everything <laughs> yeah so my thing is that and and if let's say this was the way that they were going about it i'd be okay with it if they're gonna rotate it and but the thing is it's like well how are they rotating it because you know they're never going to take out um best actress best best actor uh, best supporting actor. Best yeah, they're best never going to rotate those so, through. Yeah. yeah so what other ones were they planning on rotating it with? That's that's one thing. But beyond that, my my biggest problem is that um, any of these things that they've tried to make as choices have been solely based on the fact that they want to improve ratings. And if that's your criteria in terms of changing the way that the Oscars are, are presented and shown, then why keep walking back these decisions you're making? Because the people who are making this vocal uh, loudness against these things are the people you're not really trying to reach. Exactly. It, it, you're reaching the people who aren't paying attention to all these news stories that are talk, talking about removing this and doing that. You're trying to gain this huge audience of people who, who aren't as in tune to these things. So, you can't have it both ways. You can't try and please the hardcore people and then still expect to grab the the general audience. Right. If you're going to placate to someone, just stick to placating and, 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 and make adjustments in the following year and keep tweaking, I guess. But you can't just keep like waffling and buckling to that vocal minority of people that you're, quote unquote, not even trying to reach. So it's just I think they're all confused over there. And, you know, it essentially either I'm hoping that they take this year that they'll have once these once this telecast is over to really figure out what do we want to do? What is the most important thing to to us? If it's ratings and grabbing that general audience, then you're going to have to make hard decisions. And the people who live and die for Oscars are not going to like a lot of those decisions, but you have to live with it. And that's, that's what you want, but you're not definitely going to be able to please everybody and get what you want. So just kind of figure something out within this next year and see, see where we go. But yeah, the the latest I'd read was everything was back to normal. That's funny. With the exception of a host. (laughs) It's more, uh, more proof of how busy my weekend was. I didn't even know that that had changed. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, that's funny. And yeah, I'm not surprised, but you're right. I completely agree with what you're saying in that. Yeah. All of the people out there on Twitter and other places, screaming and hollering about the fact that they had made that choice are not the people that you're trying to keep as viewers. These are the people who are going to watch no matter what, right? Or the yep. people who love cinema. And, they know. have to watch because they cover it. So right. they're like, not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, it is funny that they went, oh, no, no, no. Okay, wait. We don't want to make anybody mad. We'll, we'll keep it a long yeah. show and just deal with it or... <laughs> You know, yeah, deal, know, deal with the rating. But who knows? It with all see, that's the weird thing about it. 
and, and it could work in either way because all this nonsense of this back and forth, uh, the general public probably has no clue. And so they may not watch it or they may watch it. But I feel like if the general public has any awareness of all this sort of back and forth, they may have a, a curiosity about whether or not this show will be a train wreck and just decide to watch it just because they have heard about this weirdness of the Oscars this year. Right. True. So it, is it like a, a false number that they'll get in terms of if, if it's a boost over last year's? Because is it just people watching just because they want to see, oh, there's no host this year. Oh, they're supposed to be cutting things out. Well, how's that going to go? You know, or is it like, legitimately because certain things have been nominated like black panther in the best picture or right. you know spider-man into the spider-verse I, I don't know but it's an interesting place that they put this year's oscars in for sure for sure well uh that's going to do a far show this week um as always we'd love to hear back from anyone listening or uh yeah give us your questions and comments you can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com you can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Flickr underscore effect. And these episodes are available uh, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play Music, and YouTube.com as well at YouTube.com forward slash Flickr effect. Uh, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.